Welcome to Episode 1 of Monetizing Your Creativity. My name is Fred Keating, and I am sitting like a bump on a log with my friend and co-host, Marvin Polis. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? If you love what you do every day, you don't work a day in your life. It's like play to be, and being paid for it. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. There are ways to be conscious of how you can earn a living and still exercise that passion every day. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Greetings wherever you happen to be and whoever you happen to be. My name is Fred Keating, and I am sitting like a bump on a log with my friend and co-host, Marvin Polis. Marvin, do you want to tell folks where we are while I just soak up the beauty? Well, Fred, we're in Canada. You bet. We are in Canada, and to be precise, we're at the Banff Centre in the world-famous Banff National Park. And the reason we're at the Banff Centre is because there is a fantastic facility here that teaches performing artists of all kinds how to pursue their passions, how to pursue careers in the performing arts. And hey, that is just thematically right on the mark. Why is that? Well, that is because uh, any, I don't want to say anyone can be talented. I want to say that many, many talented people still have incredible challenges in trying to make a living wage pursuing their passion, be it dance or music or drama, theater, the visual arts. It's tough to make a living at that. And uh, so this podcast series, How to Make and Earn a Living by Pursuing Your Passion, because as they say, if you love what you do every day, you don't work a day in your life. It's uh, like play to being, and being paid for it. And we both managed to do this, Fred. And, you know, you and I go back many decades, I mean, at, at least 30 years, maybe more. And, uh, and we know a lot of people who have monetized their, their creative passions. With and we're going levels. to meet them on this, on this podcast throughout the episodes. We're going to talk to them and we're going to find out how they've done it. Various levels of success. You're absolutely right. We know a lot of people who are successful in the arts. We also know, and this is when I think of the premises we want to share with our our listeners, uh, that there is no one right path. Now, you and I have both seen books, uh, motivational speakers, uh, tapes that, that claim there is one right way to write a screenplay or choreograph a dance or position a camera. But uh, really, if there was one right way to be successful in any one of those craft areas, then people would know it, and they'd exercise it, and they would do it. But that's not the entire truth. I think it's closer to the truth to say that you create your own story. You create your own success. You create an individual path that may resemble, even occasionally run parallel to that of your peers or those ahead of you or those behind you on the path. But it will, we can promise you this, it will be a singular individual path that you will create and you will walk and and that along that path there are ways to be conscious of how you can earn a living, support a family, and still exercise that passion every day. 
But yet, Fred, back in the day, when you were getting into the business and, and your cohorts were getting into the business, what did you hear? <laughs> I heard, how on earth are you going to make a living with a theater degree? And I had no answer for my father. I didn't have an answer for him because I wasn't aware of all the, the benefits and the skills, whether I stayed in live theater for decades or whether I used some of the skills I picked up along the way and parlayed them into adding value to other teams or organizations that I got hooked up with over the years. And that's, I think, the, the encouraging thing in addition to, hey, you write your own story. There are, in fact, from the people that we're going to be talking with, there are ways, there are tips, there are things that can help you. There's no magic answer, no silver bullet, no little pill that helps, but there are an incredible number of strategies that some of our friends and colleagues are quite willing to share with our listeners. And I share a similar backstory. I remember back in the day when I was in high school and, and, and I remember thinking, I, I really love photography. I love music. I love cinematography. I love movies. I, I love sound. I love storytelling. I love writing. Let's try to find a way to make a career out of this. And people around me saying, yeah, good luck. Get a trade. Be, be, become, uh, become an electrician or, or pursue prof- you know, one, you of the, one of the professions. Become an accountant. Become an, a lawyer. And yeah, not that you, there's anything wrong with that. Why do you have to do that? You but it wasn't watch, my passion. Yeah, yeah, you can watch television over the weekend, for goodness sake. Every night you can come home and, you know, write a poem if you want to write a poem. But uh, you, you're telling me you want to do this every day in and out and there's no guaranteed source of income? I know the world's changed. And uh, w- one of the recurring themes in this series is going to be how the world has changed and in terms of uh, monetizing creativity. There are a number, I've been walking around with these scraps of paper in my briefcase for about a week now, ever since you suggested that we get something off the ground and try and share our own experiences and those of some of our, our comrades and, and colleagues uh, with a, a broader swath of, of, uh, of listeners. And I, I've got here a, a little list of what I call promises and premises. There will be recurring themes in the interviews and the blocks of information that we want to share with our listeners. Great. Let's go through some of these. Well, I, I wanted to, uh, to make promises to our listeners. I, I, I said, we promise that you'll learn a little something every podcast. Uh, we promise that uh, you may not have heard of some of the guests we invite, but they have been chosen for their own compelling stories and their willingness to share information, advice with our listeners. And I uh, wrote this with tongue not really that far in cheek, that if you're not crazy about uh, uh, the co-hosts, that being you and I, Marvin, and uh, don't worry, our families don't find us that funny or clever either. But, uh, but don't let that turn you off the advice and wisdom that our guests may be able to provide for you in the 20 to 30 to 45 minutes that we might be spending with them and then I had premises, some of the recurring themes I mentioned. Uh, life being a collaborative adventure, but so is monetizing creativity, trying to make a living pursuing your passion. That's a collaborative adventure as well. You're going to hear me say a lot throughout the episodes, this is a team sport. You can't do it alone. If, if you weren't here, 
on the side of the mountain with me. I could be talking to the trees. I could be creating art, wonderful poetry, with absolutely no way to distribute or share that. Thanks to technology, I get to express my opinions, and hopefully they will be heard and either adopted or dismissed as they, as they deserve. But you're right, it's a, it's a team sport, and one of the first things you learn is no matter how good an actor or a dancer or a, a poet you are, you still need a publisher, an agent, a great choreographer, or a, a terrific team of players or actors to, to truly bring forth that either original work or that classic that you're reviving. It is all about finding and creating your own collaborative and supportive network. And Fred, you and I have been part of a collaborative and supportive network for 30 years or more. And, you know, so let's talk about backstories because uh, let's give our listeners an opportunity to learn who Fred Keating is. Tell us, you know, I'm going to interview you. Okay, so so tell me about yourself. You'll be the first to know. (laughs) Well, uh, here's another recurring theme, and that is the trade-offs or the choice that uh, an artist or a person who wants to increase their creativity needs to take into consideration. There's great value in in focusing on a certain skill set and becoming an incredible specialist in that skill set, the best dancer, the most well-trained actor uh, or, or visual artist or writer. And then there are a group of people that we can call a, the, the, a jack-of-all-trades, one who has not so much a, a deep silo-like solo focus on one skill set or talent, but a, a broader uh, experience, broader and perhaps some would say shallower, experience in a variety of craft categories in a way that in, in some cases gives you a broader appreciation of what the other members of your collaborative team are capable of, but also uh, one that may, uh, an, uh, a number of opportunities then exist to create revenue streams as a, a teacher or a trainer or a stage fighting coach, all of which I've been at some time or another, they increase one's chances of perhaps staying in the game. And as you know, I believe that half the battle is staying in the game. Well, what about you, Fred? I mean, for for the benefit of our listeners, what is your specialty or your multiple specialties? Or or, or are you going to make them look look you up on Internet Movie Database, for goodness sakes? Well, quite frankly, I, I trained in theater as an actor. In fact, I was uh, fortunate enough to get a a scholarship in acting. So when my roommates uh, in the apartment went out to exercise their obligation to the university in terms of football practice or cross-country running, I went to rehearsal. That scholarship provided me with tuition and books. So uh, I started in the theater. I trained in theater uh, as an actor. But happily, the, uh, the department I was with, uh, in order to get an appreciation of all the other craft categories, had all the performers go through design courses and movement courses and voice courses as well uh, in order to have a passing familiarity with what the stage manager and the grips and the painters and the designers and the constructors and the prop people and the music people and the lighting guys were, were doing to make you look 
good on stage. Great. Now, Fred, where are you from originally? I'm from the States. I, uh, I was born in, in the Midwest, in Columbus, Ohio, raised in Detroit on the west side. And uh, in addition to the university, Eastern Michigan University was the, uh, uh, the organization that, that uh, literally gave me the opportunity to get a university education. But along the way, I also uh, did summer stock work at the University of Detroit. I did a year of undergrad work at the University of Dayton in Ohio and graduate studies uh, for my master's degree at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. I guess some people are just hard to please, I, uh, I, but I'm grateful to each of those institutions for what they added to my little uh, quiver of arrows. Now, you live in Canada now. You live in Vancouver, which is really a hot hub of, uh, of movie production, and you pursue your acting career in Vancouver. I do. Uh, for a host of reasons. Uh, in fact, the reason I moved from theater into film and television was a, a very practical one. Uh, my nine or so years in professional theater took me all over the continent, uh, in fact, into eight different countries overseas, but it also kept me away from my family for long stretches of time, often holidays when families get together, I was off somewhere because holidays are also good times to put on live entertainment. And so I missed a lot of uh, births, deaths, marriages, my father's retirement party uh, because I was on the road, happily not married at the time, so none of those obligations. But as I did marry and uh, have children and discovered one could make approximately at the time uh, two or more weeks salary for one day of television as opposed to live theater, it became a more practical application of my time and effort to be closer to the family and look for opportunities where I could generate income quickly, however sporadically, and acting is one of those professions. And Vancouver is one of those, happily, uh, areas where in addition to a host of natural and indigenous production, they also provide a backdrop for many more films and television series than one might imagine, and not just for American entities, but also given the, the natural beauty of, of British Columbia and its ability to look like so many other countries. There's a, a tremendous amount of work from, from other entities, England, Germany, Japan. Many countries come for the exchange rate, for the scenery, for the well-trained crews and post-production nucleus or critical mass of post-production units that now exist. What about you, Marvin? Uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory and, uh, and how you came to be who you are and where you are today. But where did it start and how? Well, Fred, like I, like I mentioned, you know, back when I was in high school, I was thinking about how do you pursue a, a career in creativity? And what I landed on was advertising. And, you know, I went to college and I studied advertising and public relations. You know, I thought this is a great opportunity because I'm going to be involved in television commercials and radio commercials and, and magazines and brochures and newspaper ads and, and all that sort of thing. And, and indeed, uh, I was. And it was a fantastic career. You know, very commercialized, mind you. It, it certainly, not, certainly wasn't art for art's sake. My first job, though, actually while I was still going to college, and this is when you and I met, was... Uh, I worked for a production company 
Right. And because I, I thought I, I want to learn production and I want to get good at production because it, it's, it's very integral to the whole creative process. And uh, as I said, you and I met at that time and, and of course really hit it off and we've had this uh, lifelong relationship. I, I eventually did uh, go to work for some very, very large corporations here in Canada, managing advertising and public relations and marketing and media relations and, and all kinds of these sorts of things. So I was kind of the person who hired the ad agency and I was a person who hired the production company. Never lost my love of production. Eventually, as my career progressed, I decided to phase out of those big corporation roles and I started my own production company. Right. And my production company focuses mostly on all the stuff that I find most interesting, to be frank, I, I love the corporate work. I love the corporate and industrial work. I love educational and training and that sort of thing. Did my time with, uh, with television commercials and radio commercials and that sort of thing, and I absolutely loved it. But uh, I really love what I'm doing now just as much. So that's my life. I always think of, I think we have very complimentary skill sets because my first and lasting impression of you is is also wrapped up in your either love or your intrigue with technology in terms of new things. I learned more about what was coming down the pike months before anybody else because of conversations we used to have. And when I walk by a bank of computers, they make funny sounds and and, uh, and things appear on the screen that shouldn't be there. But I've appreciated uh, the way you've opened my eyes to the opportunities that exist within harnessing technology and using it, infusing it with your, your creative bent, your ability to, to get a message across, however entertaining or educational, and I don't mean that those are, and those can be the same, and which is, which makes for great entertainment as well as deeper learning. But uh, I think that's another recurring theme, really. You mentioned the corporate side, and there's an op- there's a lot of work. Every day of my life, since I've started my career, I have been involved in all of these things. I've been involved in in the creative things that I'm so passionate about. Photography, music, cinematography, editing, storytelling, writing, all of these sorts of things are absolutely essential to television commercials, radio commercials. It's not only theater, right? It's not only feature films. It's communication. It's communication at a a number of levels, uh, visual, oral, animated, uh, all ways of, of uh, communicating and trying to, in your case, I believe, or mine as a, as a writer on behalf of corporate clients, finding out what the message is they want delivered, finding out who the audience is that they think will, be, will benefit from that message, and, and working almost as an interpreter, using the, the technology and the creativity of a collaborative team to make that message clear and impactful and bring together or build bridges where there once was a chasm. That's right, Fred, and something that, uh, that really wasn't mentioned earlier on when we were talking about your backstory is, is your involvement in the corporate world as well. It, it, it's not only film and television and, and Hollywood movies and, and uh, you know, television shows and that sort of thing, but you've monetized your creativity in the corporate world. I have. I, uh, in fact, I incorporated a small uh, company that, in fact, was supposed to serve as a bit of a catch-all for the various streams of revenue that I 
hope to create. I mean, my objective, Marvin, I think, as yours when you were freelance, was simply how do I get X number of days a month of work, specifically the amount of days that will pay our rent or our mortgage or our grocery bill. And uh, that's the overwhelming uh, uh, objective when you're, when you're starting out. And, uh, and so I guess I decided at some point in time it was better for me with my wide spread of interest to try and monetize potential revenue. I didn't want to teach all the time, but I was contracted enough times by individuals or organizations to teach briefly uh, one-day workshops or week-long residencies at uh, uh, college drama departments uh, or with a professional theater company uh, to, to create a, a small revenue stream there as well with the writing, as well with uh, um, the opportunities to sometimes be on screen as a, a presenter, if you will, in these uh, corporate uh, uh, operations, and and have managed to cobble together what I consider a, uh, a living wage. And yet, am I the best actor, fight choreographer, singer one might uh, hope to encounter? No. Uh, I've chosen a, a broader shallower approach that frankly allows me to manage my time and stay a bit more light-footed, so to speak, in terms of, of, of traveling between them, and it keeps my life interesting. I Honestly, every day is different. I've got some stories, but boy, you know, some of the people we have lined up to be on this series, they have compelling uh, stories and, and adventures to share with us. Good, bad, ugly, and the lessons learned coming out the other end. Absolutely. And, and as you mentioned earlier, our listeners may not have heard of some of our guests, and they may have heard of some of them and not others, but that is part of the point. There are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people like you and me, Fred, around the world who aren't the world-famous Hollywood actors where everybody knows our name, but we're earning a respectable living we're doing what we're passionate about. We have no regrets. Every day is an adventure. We love every day of our lives because of like you, like you just said, I mean, the phone rings and it's like, woohoo, I get to go to such and such a place and tell a story about something that, uh, you know, building of a subway or something like that. And, and it's incredibly compelling and it's incredibly interesting, these lives that we lead. And the people that, that we mentioned, the, you know, the people that we know, the people who are part of our networks, you know, and they're, and they're cinematographers and they're sound people and they're lighting people and they're uh, music composers, they're animators. And we're going to talk to people like this, right? Yep. And again, they're, they're not necessarily world famous, but they've all found a way to ply their niche and turn it into a career, monetize it, and they're just happy. Absolutely. As Grandpa Keating used to say, you know, if you, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. You know, if you, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. It's, uh, it's I'm getting up and I'm ready to play again today. Let's, let's go bring it on. Great. So, you know, these people that we're going to talk to, these people that we're going to interview are going to have some sage advice, right? They are. Uh, as we've said before, one recurring theme is there is no one way. There are many ways, many of which you might not even have imagined yet. And so if one of our pals has a story 
that resonates with one of our listeners that doesn't immediately go out and apply that specific lesson or tactic. It, it can well spur or stimulate a similar idea in the head of that listener who goes out by benefit of listening to somebody who's been a bit further down the path and, and again, create one more step towards a productive and creative life. There are no formulas. There, there are no check boxes that you can tick off and do them in order, in, in order to pursue the career. But there's inspiration. And these people that we'll be talking to are going to inspire us to think in certain ways, to be, I guess springboards would be a good word for it, to, to really springboard your thinking. I have a, a, a client, and he used to say uh, when employees would come to him and, and say, what are we going to do next week? Or what do you think is going to happen next month? Uh, he would reply, uh, well, what did you do today? Because what happens tomorrow, what happens next week, and what happens next month are a direct consequence of the decisions that you made today and acted upon. So if you want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, think about what you did today because that's where tomorrow is going to come from. And uh, I, I believe that thoroughly. It doesn't matter what the spread is. Uh, if you do something every day, act upon a decision or a thought, take it from the thought process into an action step, those things build up, as do your relationships, as do your different employment opportunities, and you start to, to gain some momentum and move in a direction that either really pleases you or that you think, I'd like to try this way instead. We're, it's a terrific menu. You know what? This is an industry where you're not necessarily going to get a job in the traditional sense of the word, right? right? Because so many people who are, are working in this field are actually freelancers. So we need to talk about how do you market yourself? And we will. There are jobs available for you, whatever passion you currently have, whether it is technological in terms of IT and uh, computer-generated animation or, or gaming, or whether it is the business side of promoting a product or a, a film or a company, whether it is one of the interpretive arts, like uh, directors who interpret writing scripts, performers who perform them, whatever makes you happy, math, science, the literary arts, the visual arts, there is a category, a craft category for you in the entertainment industry. But when we use the phrase show business, a lot of people have a tendency to focus on the show and not so much on the term business. And that's the other thing that we want to explore. When you are, or your skill set, are the commodity, how do you promote that? And how do you add value to the, uh, to the teams or the opportunities that are extended to you? Indeed, my clients for my production company are businesses, right? And I need to produce things in such a way. I mean, whether they're video productions or, or audio books or e-books or, or magazines, whatever we produce, they have to be produced in such a way that help move that client's business forward. Yeah. And I got to tell you, one of the, speaking of corporate work, uh, I did a, a tremendous amount of, of writing for, for corporations. And 
and the intriguing aspect of that, being a, a, a writer, needing to write a script about a particular company's operations, took me to more places around the globe than I ever could have dreamed of getting to on my own dime. Two miles below the surface of the earth in a mine. Uh, uh, landed on top of a mountain that was not scalable by any other piece of, of machinery. Behind the closed doors of of so many different industries or businesses or institutions like hospitals and airports, armed forces bases, a number of places that I never would have had access to if it wasn't my job to be there that day and to write about it and to be paid to do that as opposed to spending the rest of my life wondering what it would be like to get behind that door labeled employees only. I share those thoughts, Fred, and throughout my career I've been sent to places that people wouldn't believe. You know, the stories that I can tell, the stories that you can tell, you don't just get to knock on the, the door of the tunnel of a subway that's under construction as, as, as a normal person and say, hey, you, do you mind, can you just let me down there? I'd, I'd, like, to, uh, I'd like to take a look around and get, get a sense. But we go to places like this and, and we get to tell stories. It's incredibly compelling. There's that side of it, doing the work for the corporations. And then there's the other side of it, which is more well-known because it's really in the public face, which is the movies and the television stuff. But Fred, you know, at this point, um, we should probably wrap up. Do you have any, any more uh, sticky notes there that you want to get into? I, I have a lot of sticky notes, and I'm not going to get into them because, frankly, I love the idea that we've been able to get a few of our own thoughts out, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the thoughts from the folks that we're going to have on the series and uh, and building on those. Awesome, well said. So with that, let's say goodbye for now, and we'll look forward to I'm reconnecting. Wa- I'm waving to the sun what are you doing, as it Fred? sets over the mountains there. Oh, isn't that, I oh, wonderful. I train coming through the valley, uh, Banff, Canmore, there it is. There it is, it's the, it's the Canadian Pacific Main Line, right. yeah, the, the, the railway that goes from coast to coast across Canada. I knew if we waited long enough we'd get a whistle. This is a gorgeous setting and in fact, uh, unless I miss my guess, we'll be back here a couple of times because there's some incredibly talented people who pop into this center uh, on almost an annual basis. And, you know, we are hosting this show out of Canada, yep. uh, but having said that, this is an international show. Indeed. Believe me, the, we have great reasons for choosing the people that we want to share and and who have the experiences that we want to share with our listeners. Thanks, Fred. Oh, Marvin, it's a pleasure. I can't wait to see what happens next. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.